Good morning, it's Friday, March 1st, 2013, and Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on the front page today. Intrigues hover over papal selection. U.S. asks justices to reject a ban on gay marriage, and Boehner's Halton talks on cuts cheers the GOP. In today's national headlines, Soldier admits providing files to WikiLeaks. Five disorders share genetic risk factors, a study finds. And dismissing her critics, First Lady plans her next step. In today's business headlines, USDA may approve horse slaughter plant. Groupon dismisses Chief after a dismal quarter. And Barnes & Noble rethinks its strategy for Nook segment. There will be more business stories, more national and world news, a roundup from the sports page, and New York Times columnist Paul Krugman. Now from the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top stories written from Vatican City. Intrigues hover over papal selection. Written by Rachel Donatio. As the sun set on Rome and his turbulent eight-year papacy, Pope Benedict XVI, a shy theologian who never seemed entirely at home in the limelight, was whisked by helicopter into retirement on Thursday. While Benedict, 85, retires to a life of prayer, study, walks in the garden and piano practice, he leaves in his wake a Vatican hierarchy facing scandals and intrigue that are casting a shadow over the cardinals entrusted with electing his successor in a conclave this month. Even as he met with the cardinals on his final day as pope, pledging unconditional reverence and obedience to his successor and urging the cardinals to work like an orchestra, harmonizing for the good of the church, the discord was apparent. On Thursday, the Vatican confirmed reports that it had ordered wiretaps on the phones of some Vatican officials as part of a leaks investigation. Other cardinals were increasingly outspoken about the crisis of governance during Benedict's papacy. That failing is expected to be much in the cardinals' minds as they begin meeting informally on Monday to discuss the state of the papacy and determine when to start the conclave. Earlier this week, Benedict changed church law to allow the cardinals to start the conclave before the traditional 15-day waiting period after the papacy is vacant. In his final blessing to the faithful who gathered outside the papal summer residence in Castel Gandolfo, Benedict appeared tired and even relieved saying that from now on, I am simply a pilgrim beginning the last leg of his pilgrimage on this earth. His towering predecessor, John Paul II, wasted away with Parkinson's disease. Benedict, whose life's work was aimed at reconciling faith and reason, opted for a short farewell. Good night and thank you, he said to the boisterous crowds at Castle Gandolfo, just over two weeks after he announced on February 11th his retirement. Earlier, thousands of people stood in a hushed St. Peter's Square around giant video screens showing the Pope's departure as seagulls wheeled in the waning light. Many looked up and waved as his helicopter circled the square. Viva il Papa, shouted several. One banner read simply, Danke. Katie Martin, 29, an aspiring firefighter from Manhattan Beach, California, said she delayed her visit to Rome by a week to witness the historic event. I love my faith, she said. I love my church. I have a great love for the Holy Father. Like many, Martin said she was sad to see Benedict's papacy end. But I'm also really excited to see what's next, she said. In one of his concluding acts on Thursday, 
Benedict addressed more than 100 cardinals who will elect his successor. He told them, I will be close to you in prayer, as the next leader of the church is chosen. All were appointed either by him or by his predecessor, John Paul, and thus are seen as doctrinal conservatives.